Yeah, we had another spleen bender last night for the Kings, falling by five to the Sun. So tonight, the Kings wrapping up the traditional first half of the season, if you will, against the Nuggets in Denver. And Kyle Draper is in Denver. Drapes, help us understand what the heck happened last night. I'm still trying to figure it out. And, you know, I I thought the Kings played an extremely uh, inspired game. I thought they played hard. Uh, Give Phoenix credit, man. They made some tough shots. They got, you know, like Mike Brown said, two Hall of Famers and Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. And, you know, they just got them last night. You know, I thought the officiating could be questioned at the end. You know, I'm not going to be like Mike was last night saying 27 fouls to 16. I'm going to say the timeliness of the calls that were made or the lack of calls made uh, really hurt the Kings. Uh, Ultimately, though, you give up 130 points in regulation, it's going to be hard uh, to beat a team. And so that concerns me, once again, the defense. But I thought they played inspired ball. They just didn't come up with the win. As far as Mike Brown's postgame comments, there was two calls in particular, as you know, um, that he was especially upset about. 24.1 seconds to go. Domas scores, he pump fakes Booker and Booker goes up in the air and falls on him and Domas scores and it should have clearly been an and one. He was clearly fouled and the official was standing right there right. and there was no call. Domas kind of looked at him and then uh, there was no break in the action, no stoppage in play. So the game just kept going. That kind of got lost in the shuffle, but it was an obvious uh, miss. And then the other one was when the Suns are inbounding 18.1 seconds to go. Keegan was called for grabbing Booker's jersey and so that was a foul before the inbound, so you get free throw in the ball. And I think, I mean, you tell us, Mike Brown, I think his complaint was, look, one, if you're going to say, well, you didn't call the foul that Booker committed because it was incidental contact, then you can't call the same thing on uh, Keegan because that was incidental contact. I think that was the gist of his complaint. No, I, I think what he was saying is, you know, he said it was marginal contact, and, and the two-minute report says this as well today, that – it did not impact DeMontis Sabonis' ability to go up with the shot. And Mike's point is, well, the Keegan grab did not impact um, Booker's ability to get free. Right. Like, he was already free, you know, basically. And so I think Mike's saying, if, if one in, it's not impacting the guy's ability to do something, make sure you call it the same way on the other end. And I, I think that's where his frustration is, yeah. I understand that frustration. I know we'll talk more about it. What frustrated me more than those calls, or lack of, whichever one you want to talk about, was when Domas, on the missed free throw by Booker, didn't box out. I mean, you know, there's there's controllables, as we've all heard, and we all know, and there's things you can't control. Officiating, yeah, you have to raise your voice when it's not fair, when it's not right, but you can't control that. But Domas just didn't box out, and I think it was... Wasn't it Royce O'Neal who tipped the ball and then I think Grace and Allen ended up getting it? You yeah. got to box yeah. out in that situation, Drake, yeah, you at this level. Out. You got to get that. But, you know, they shouldn't even have been in that situation because you had the foul with the Keegan Murray situation. That made it a two-point game. Then they get the offensive rebound. You make two free throws, and, and then it becomes a four-point game, and the game is basically over. I hear you. You know, I, I thought as it was happening because I was just sitting there watching it, I'm like, Domas has been so great, and they've got every rebound all game long, but the one they needed to have, mm-hmm. they couldn't come up with. And so, yeah, you got to do a better job. I, I do think, you know, the, the ball took kind of a, a weird bounce, meaning it went from Domas's side to, like, across the lane. And so, I, I mean, yeah, you got to grab that, but, uh, you know, that that's 
you could point to that play as saying, yeah, you got to do that, but I could point to four or five other plays that says, you know what, the call should have been made or this should have happened or that should have happened. Yes, I agree. You got to get that offense, that rebound, defensive rebound. Uh, but, you know, it, it happens, man. Mm-hmm. Here's Mike Brown post game. some of his comments on the officiating. Mike Brown. We're down three with 24 seconds left, and Domas rolls to the rim, and he shot fakes, and, uh, and Devin Booker lands on his back with two hands, and the officials tell me that it's marginal contact, that it doesn't affect the shot. But, but, but it, it's a foul. And I just, I don't, you know, it, the, the foul that they called on Keegan, Booker was still going to get open. It was marginal. People hold at the end of games, and they call that foul because they say it's a foul and they got to make the right call. But the foul by Devin Booker, I, I, I'm, I'm just, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm just so. You know, I'm just emotional right now from the no call, and I I saw it live. I watched again uh, on playback, and and a foul is a foul, and you got to call it just like you called the foul on Keegan. Yeah, there was one. There was a bad call in there. I to me, to me, Mike Brown is, and coaches do this sometimes. I think he's talking about the officiating that was a missed call, but there was other things that he just didn't want to talk about. The defense was not very good again. Also, he did mention, in addition to those comments, he said, yeah, we had a couple turnovers, a Monk turnover, a Fox turnover, and he mentioned the missed box out. And I think he didn't want, it wasn't a time where he felt like his team needed the criticism. So we went after the officiating a little bit. That was a bad call, but that's not why they lost the game, Kyle, is it? That's not why they lost the game. It's never why you lose a game, one call. But I will say the Domas call should have been an and one that ties the game up at 124. And I think the frustrating part for Mike is immediately after the Domas non-call, then the Suns get their call. I mean, you know, it's of course it's not why they lost the game, but I don't begrudge Mike for, uh, you know, trying to stick up for his guys and point it out. And as the game was going on live, I thought the same thing. And I'm sitting there right behind, you know, Mike and them right off to the right. And he sprints out to, to the midcourt to, to try and get an explanation. And it was a clear foul. And, of course, that's not why. There's 100 plays that go on in between the game. It's not why you lost the game. Grayson Allen hit, hitting a buzzer beater. Uh, late turnovers in the game, you know, a couple of missed free throws, you know, there's a, but that was part of it. And that's why I say, I'm not going to agree with Mike all 27 to 16. I'm going to say the timeliness of those calls that Domas non-call 10 out of 10 times. That's usually a foul first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. For some reason, the officials decided not to blow the whistle there, which is shocking. That's almost an automatic foul call. Whitey, we see that five or six times per game. And for some reason, Domas did not get that call. Is it the reason they lost the game? No. But I tell you what, it doesn't make you feel good when you lost the game and you feel like you got robbed on two calls, one that didn't get called, and then the Devin Booker foul uh, by Key. Well, to me, you can only complain about one of the calls. I mean, you can say they should have both been fouls or both not. I mean, they missed the call on Domas. The other one, Keegan grabbing a jersey before the ball's inbounded. I mean, they're going to call that. I mean, 
But, but they're, they're going to call They should have called the Domas thing. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Ten out of ten times the Keegan foul is called. Ten out of ten times usually the, the non-call on Booker is called. And so right. I hear you. But when you look back at the replay of the Keegan, it really had no impact on the play at all. Like, Booker was free. He was getting free. Now, you know, if it led to a turnover, you know, we've seen it before. I saw – I watched the Suns against the uh, – Warriors this past weekend and on the final play Draymond just grabbed Kevin Durant held him and everything no call and so I think Mike and players and, and, and fans in general just want consistency mm-hmm. you know that's all we asking for yeah that, that's that's all people are asking for is consistency well it's not the first time we've talked about bad calls as they relate to the Kings and other teams we know the Knicks are filing a protest because yep. they lost the game because of uh a foul call on Jalen Brunson a couple nights ago where the officials themselves looked at the replay after the game and came out after the game. The officials themselves said, right. yeah, that wasn't actually a foul. So the officiating has been horrendous. I just think for the Kings right now, for Mike Brown to make that big a deal of it, and it was. It was a blown call. It was a surprisingly obvious call that was blown. I think there's other things that maybe he didn't want to talk about. He feels like his team needs some support right now. And I'll tell you what, no matter – uh, what you think or I think or what he thinks, they need a win one of these nights, and tonight would be a good yeah. night for it, Kyle. Yeah, this is a big game tonight. I mean, it's going to be tough. You lose this, you go into the all-star break, uh, 0-3 on this road trip. Right now you're in eighth place in the Western Conference. I mean, this thing is going sideways. And, Whitey, we talked about it two weeks ago. Said this month of February will make or break the Kings season. <laughs> and they started off solid. But this last, you know, week and a half or so, they've been reeling a little bit. And so this is a massive game tonight. I think the Nuggets come into this game a little banged up. I think they'll be missing a couple of players tonight. So hopefully the Kings can uh, catch them on that. But this is, I mean, you know, I talked to some people behind the scenes earlier today about this game. And and, and everybody is saying, you know what, to go into the All-Star break with a win, it would make the plane ride a whole lot better. Like, this is a big one tonight, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the starting backcourt for the Nuggets. Last I saw, uh, both KCP and Jamal Murray yeah. listed as questionable, so we may have an update on that. Last night, by the way, I, I don't know about you. Well, I, I think we both heard on Twitter from a person or two that had been hearing what we said about De'Aaron Fox. Uh, you know, we talked <laughs> yesterday about De'Aaron Fox being hurt. I, I don't know whether he was or wasn't. Whatever it was, it didn't seem to be bothering him last night, so that was... That was an excellent sign to see the 40 from De'Aaron Fox because obviously the Kings need a lot more of that if they're going to get anywhere near where they hope to get to this year. Yeah, Fox was engaged. He was, uh, you know, playing hard. Uh, he was being aggressive. I thought he took 31 shots yeah. last night. He, uh, your boy got him up. Yeah. This, and, and this goes back to the conversation we had yesterday with High Flyer when somebody said De'Aaron Fox looks checked out. High Flyer said checked out means you take three shots. De'Aaron Fox took 31 shots. It's not him being checked out. I think he's banged up. I think he's still learning. I think he's trying to figure it out on the fly here. And and I do think he needs this all-star break. You know, it was 14 of 31 yesterday. I was watching that game. And I know he shot 5 of 12. But there was a a point where I was like, man, I wish he would take the ball to the basket a little more. I wish he didn't take so many threes. 5 of 12, though, is a very respectable uh, percentage. And so I'm I'm not going to, you know, uh, get on his case for that. You know, I thought he played tremendous. I thought DeMontis Sabonis played tremendous. Malik Monk as well. But I also thought, you know, and we'll talk about this in Drape Stakes, you know, the, the absence of Trey Lyles was huge, 
I felt last night. You just didn't have mm-hmm. uh, another offensive player off the bench uh, that could help you out, and and especially when when they went small and you decide to go small back, you know, with no Trey Lyles, Trey Lyles could be that small ball five for you, and, and I thought they were missing him big time yesterday. We're right back with Drape Stakes. He's coming to you from Denver. It's a drive, guys, on Sackdown Sport. Got the Kings and Nuggets tonight, and it's already been an eventful day. The 49ers don't have Steve Wilkes to kick around anymore. We'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm a little surprised. We'll get to that uh, coming up here. Uh, but first, we got Drapes in Denver standing by with Drapes Takes. Calm down, Lion. Calm down. Take it easy, man. Just take it easy. <laughs> I got to start off with my guy, DeMontis Sabonis. I know we lost the game last night against the Phoenix Suns, but DeMontis Sabonis was the best player on the floor. In game in and game out, guys, he continues to show why he should be an all-star. He should be heading to Indiana this weekend. You know what's interesting? As I was watching that game last night, Nurkic had no clue what to do with DeMontis Sabonis. He was begging the referee for some foul calls. He was looking for help to decide what DeMontis Sabonis did last night. 35 points, 18 rebounds, 12 assists. And you know what was so great about his stat line and the way he played last night, Whitey? He was still effective when the Phoenix Suns went small. Remember last time these two teams played? They went small and Domas looked lost, didn't know how to attack it. I thought he beasted them. Kevin Durant tried to guard him. It was barbecue chicken. DeMontis Sabonis, mark my words, write this down. And I heard this on NBA radio today on Sirius XM. And they were talking about it, and I had never thought of it like this. They think DeMontis Sabonis is a future Hall of Famer. And I'm coming around with that. Forget about All-Star. Forget about multiple-time All-Star. I think DeMontis Sabonis, if he continues on this trajectory, is going to be a Hall of Fame player, Whitey. Basketball Hall of Fame? Yes. No, no, (laughs) soccer. What do you think? Dude, he's going to be a a five- or six-time All-Star. He's going to be, you know, uh, uh, one of the league leaders in triple doubles. Yeah. I said if he continues this trajectory is what I'm talking about. Yes, and you're right. And it is surprising. I hadn't thought of that either. But then there's no reason why he can't as long as he can continue on this path. By the way, if I may just add one thing to what you yeah. said and everything you said, terrific. You know, 35 points, 18 rebounds, 12 assists. Yeah. Kyle, how about three block shots yeah. last night? Yeah, he played some defense yeah. out there. A little rim protection. If you will. And so I, I thought that was impressive uh, last night yes. for DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, my second drape state has to do with De'Aaron Fox. Whitey, we spent half the show yesterday yeah. arguing with people about De'Aaron Fox. People thought we were carrying water for the franchise, for the organization. People thought we were making excuses. De'Aaron Fox came out there and played a magnificent game. He was engaged. He had it going on. I still think he's banged up, but he just played through it. And so I said it before, and I'll say it again. And people listening, you're driving in your car. You're at work right now. You're listening on YouTube, on the chat, whatever. De'Aaron Fox has two jobs, ladies and gentlemen. Two jobs. Get buckets and play defense. I thought he did both last night. I thought he was fantastic. Sure, I'd like him to cut down on the six turnovers. I get that. But on a night when you got Kevin Durant on the floor, on a night when you got Devin Booker, De'Aaron Fox, I thought, delivered last night. Yeah, and I've been trying to think, Kyle, why so many people have been saying, oh, his attitude's bad. 
you know, because people don't just make these things up. Uh, and I think it's because of that whole issue where he didn't talk to the media for a while. And that was, as, as we know, that had something to do with him being unhappy about, like, uh, when he was speaking to the media or when he was asked to or wasn't asked to. It had nothing to do with him, his feeling about being here in Sacramento. Right, right. Uh, so I And I don't, I'd be surprised if that affected his play at all. But that's the only thing I can think of as to why people were questioning his his attitude. Yeah, and the thing about De'Aaron Fox, man, I, I've never heard him whisper about wanting out of Sacramento. No. And if, if this is what Kings fans are going to do to one of our homegrown guys, that that's pathetic. And so I think we need to ride with this dude. I think there's a reason why this team is on a, on track for the playoffs. Hopefully, uh, we're seeing the best of De'Aaron Fox last season and this season. I mean, this is a guy we should be proud of. Not you know start abandoning him when things go south just a little bit for a week or two, or you know his play doesn't reach the the, the height that people want. It's like oh we should have traded uh, De'Aaron instead of Tyrese. Oh this dude's checked out and all this fans. You know what? I, I hate it, Whitey. I hate it, especially after games and, and the way fans react. It's like, chill out, guys. Mm-hmm. It'll be okay. And I thought De'Aaron was fine last night. It does look like that both of them missing the All-Star game, there's really a silver lining there, especially for De'Aaron Fox. I think so, man. And, you know, I asked Mike Brown this yesterday, and he wasn't having it. I said, you know, uh, can the All-Star break help you? You think the team is ready for the All-Star break? And, you know, he wasn't uh, open to entertaining that at this point because he said, we got a game. We mm. still got one more game. You know, his focus mm. is all on Denver. But, you know, my take is, uh, and we've talked about it, and, and I'm sure you agree, the All-Star break can't come soon enough. Right, right. So this team can hit the reset button, take a deep breath, and come out fired up for the last 28 games of the season. My last and final Drapes take, Monty McNair has to go out there get this Sacramento Kings team some help. One loss of Trey Lyles should not cause all kinds of upheaval with the rotation and and the lack of bench scoring. But look at the guys Mike used. And I understand Sasha wasn't there as well. So you're missing two of your – but look at the rotation that Mike Brown used. You got Malik Monk. Fine with that. Then you got Davion, Keon, Alex Lynn, and Kessler Edwards. Those are an offensive weapons. And so last night, the Suns bench, let me do the math really quickly here, Whitey. 32, 34, 41, 44 to 25, they outscored us. And so we need to beef up the bench. You know what? Royce O'Neal made a big three yesterday down the stretch. And so I'm like, darn, we could have used a guy like that. I know I was out on Royce O'Neal. But some scoring off the bench, that's what this team needs. Yeah, he had nine points. He had five assists. He had four rebounds. And yeah. again, not to get bogged down in the numbers, but he four clearly steals. contributed. Yeah, and Eric Gordon. I mean, these yes. are legitimate NBA players. Josh Okogie. Yep. And the Kings are just like, man, who do we have down there? Yeah, and so I, I thought the loss of Trey and Sasha really hurt this team last night from an offensive standpoint off the bench. And I know De'Aaron Fox, you know, dropped 40, Domas 35, but Malik was the only other player to really get it going offensively. And if I could do a bonus drapes take real quick. Bonus drapes take. Where's my guy Keegan Murray? I know he got into foul trouble, but I keep telling everybody that will listen. The Kings' path towards improving lies in that guy right there. We got to figure out a way to unlock Keegan Murray. He's averaging nine points a game over his last four, I think it is. Like, this is the number four pick. This is a guy that dropped 47 in the game. 
He needs to get more touches. He needs to get more involved. He needs to be more aggressive. We need more from Keegan Murray. Where it gets tricky there, and of course you're right. We all know that. And I heard Chris today. I was Styles and Watkins talking about Keegan's February has been, you know, underwhelming. But they got up 95 shots last night, 10 more than the Suns. Right. Um, so where do the shots come from? You know, no one else other than Fox and Domas and, and Malik had 16. You know, those shots, if Keegan's going to get more touches, they have to come from somewhere. Who do they come from? Well, De'Aaron took 31 last Yeah, night. yeah. You know, why, not, why can't that be 25? And it's not necessarily about Keegan Murray having plays ran for him. He has to be aggressive. De'Aaron Fox is being aggressive. Domas is being a Malik Monk's calling his own number. Yeah. Keegan has to be aggressive. He has to understand he has the green light as well. He can't float. I'm sorry. The kid is too good. He can't just be an also-ran. He can't be an other on this Sacramento Kings team. We need Keegan Murray to be that 18, 19-point-per-game scorer. And too, much, too many times lately, he sort of just blended in. By the way, when is that Drapes takes? I didn't want to That's step it. on it. Yeah, yeah okay. I'm done. Drapes I'm, I'm fired right. up. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired, man. One thing I would say that was a positive, and I was not encouraged by that. I'm not trying to, oh, no, you know what? I'm not trying to put a smiley face on anything. But at least last night, they outscored the Suns' uh, fast break points 26-4. Right. to four. So, and that is something we've talked about. And, and right. Monty talked about Friday. And it's like, obvious, they need to do that. I think they are making progress there. But that's a tough, let's face it, that's a really tough loss. You had the chance to gain, gain the tiebreaker, and you're slipping down the ladder here yeah. uh, in the West. And, um, boy, it could really use a, a win tonight. And I was about to say I'm not too optimistic about tonight. But you know the Kings, <laughs> when you're down on them, they're going to win by 40. So Right, right. Yeah, shrug. I don't know. It, this would be massive. And, you know, Katie made a great point uh, yesterday after the game when I saw her. You know, the Kings won the points in the paint battle. Yeah. They won the uh, second chance point. They won the fast break points. They didn't have an egregious amount of turnovers. In fact, the Suns turned it over 12 times, gave up 18 points. Usually you win those kind of games. But last night, I will say, Mike Brown made a point about the fouls. Look at the discrepancy in the free throw shooting. They uh, outshot us by they uh, plus 11 from the free throw line. And so maybe Mike has a point. I don't know. Maybe that's because if you look at the shooting percentages – they're exactly the same. You know, the Suns hit a four more threes, but the Kings hit five more shots. And so, no, nah, man, it's it's, uh, it's heartbreaking that they lost because, you know, I thought they actually played well last night. As frustrating as it was to see them lose that game, I didn't think they played poorly last night. I think what the identity of this team really is now is when the threes are going in, they can beat anybody, and when the threes are not going in, and I know they could have won that game even though they were nine for thirty-one, but yeah, they this team need they need to be knocking down their threes, or they're really challenged. No, a hundred percent. I mean, we talk about the identity of this team. You know, we we know we're not a, a lock them down kind of team. We know not we're not a grit and grind. You know, Memphis Grizzlies old school kind of basketball. We're a a you know aesthetically pleasing. You know. Uh, stylistically fun to watch you know, fun to watch kind of team yeah and, and and fun to watch is when you knock down some threes and so you're right man we we need the three ball to go down mm-hmm. i gotta ask you here and maybe we need to come back um take a time out come back but yeah. you mentioned and i agree with you mentioned monty needs to get this team help yep. how do you do that at this point well we'll, we'll come right back All with right. drapes answer to that here it's the drive guys on sackdown sports Get ready. 
Kyle Draper moments ago during Drape's Takes suggested that uh, Kings need some help. How at this point can you add anything to the roster? Drapes, before we get to that, I got to ask you if you've seen the two-minute report yet. Uh, I did not read it. I, I heard about it, though. Um, yeah, we have which, here. Yeah. What you got for me? Uh, 25.6 seconds left. Comment. Booker drawn into the air on the pump fake towards Sabonis. Resulting contact is marginal. Does that's not. Their, aff- that's their uh, money word right now, too. That's their buzzword, marginal. Yeah. Does that's not their- affect Sabonis' ability to enter his shooting motion. CNC correct non-call. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we all. I, I think I disagree. Obviously, with that, I'm not sure 100 percent how you feel. That that should have been a foul. Um, and, and and so here's my take on the two minute report, real quick. Because I was going to ask Mike Brown about this because he said, "Oh, I can't wait to see the two minute report." I know. We need to get rid of the two minute report. It, it serves no purpose, Whitey. It. it Nobody likes it. Nobody, Nobody likes, likes it. it. Nobody's happy with it. You wait to see if the league admits the error or the mistake, and they don't. And it, it, to me, it serves no purpose. And they're saying, oh, well, we want to be transparent. It, it it serves no purpose because now you got even more angry Kings fans. You know, oh, we, we got to see the two-minute report. And even if it did say it should have been a foul call, what does that do? Mm-hmm. It serves no purpose. I think the NBA should get rid of the two-minute report because it, it has been uh, – I don't see how it's helped the game at all. 18.1 seconds to go. Comment, Murray grabs and pulls Booker's jersey away from his body. His contact affects his uh, FOM, freedom of movement, during the throw-in. <laughs> CC, correct call. <sighs> you know, the NBA can't do what you suggest, even though everyone would welcome that because – uh, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. And if they were to stop doing that, then everyone would say, oh, see, yeah, it's all fixed. And <laughs> so which how, is, do we, how do we fix this? I, do the officials need to have a press conference afterwards? Like, and not the pool report or anything like that. As, you know, it, do, do beat writers need to be able to, to question the officials, like the crew chief after every game or every controversial game or every clutch game where, you know, it, it's a tight game? I mean, because something has to be done. It's Mm -hmm. just, you know, you look at the situation with the Knicks. uh, You look at last night with the Kings. And I think what's frustrating to the fans, it just seems to be no repercussion. Like, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, we got it wrong. Sorry, and move on. And uh, it's, I I don't know. It's just frustrating, man. Because I love the league, Whitey. I know. Like, I'm I'm all about the NBA. I want the NBA to be the best league ever. I want it to surpass football. I want it to be bigger than the NFL. But when you have situations like this, man, you know, and what happened the other night to the Knicks, it just, you know, it, it messes up the credibility of your league. Let's just see the real quick, the last two minutes, how yeah. many they got right here. Correct non-call, correct non-call, correct non-call, correct non-call, correct non-call, correct non-call, correct call, correct call, correct call, correct call, correct call. Perfect! According <laughs> to the two-minute report, they, didn't make any they mistakes. got everything right. Yeah, every call was correct. Yeah, and that's that's ridiculous, Perfect. right? I mean, come on, and, and that's that's the thing, you know. The two minute report, like we said, is supposed to be transparent, and you know, when you see something like that, Devin Booker, Domasco, like I, I said it earlier, that's a foul ten times out of ten. Usually, I know. Like that's that's an that's an instant whistle, even if it's not a foul. It looks like a foul. Oh, so yeah. how can in that moment that ref say, you know what? It didn't look like it looks like a foul. 
And so, I, I don't know, man. It, it's just frustrating. That might have been one of those really stupid instances where if Domas had missed the shot or if he'd failed to get right. the ball, oh, that's right. a foul. Right, right. Yeah. Then, yeah, or yeah. if he would have been a smaller player yes. or something like that, you yeah. know, and not as strong. And so, it's uh, – I, I can't defend the league uh, on this one, man. It's – you know, I, I looked at the tape. I mean, I, I was right there watching it. I'm like, that's clearly a foul and, and no call. I, I don't know how to defend the league on this. Have one. you ever talked to a coach of any team who has said, ah, the two-minute report, man, it's, it's, we always look forward to that. It's great. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody, no, no. It, because Nobody. the only time a coach wants to see the two-minute report is when their team got screwed like yeah. Mike Brown, uh-huh. you know? Uh-huh. And, so, and then even if it's said, like I said, even if it's said that they got the call wrong and they, they should have called a foul there, what does that help do for Mike Brown? How does that help him? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if that call is made, Domas goes to the line, hopefully hits the free throw, and we're tied at 124. And who knows what happens after that? They should you know? at least, every time that happens, the head coach should get, dude, here's $100 at uh, round table. <laughs> or something, you know, get something right, for it. Right. They don't get anything. Here's yeah. a gift certificate at Walmart or something, you know. Sorry, but they don't yeah. get anything. And, and and Mike, you know, the way he was like, oh, I just can't wait to see the two-minute report. Oh, that two-minute report. Yeah. And so he wakes up today and he sees it and, and like, yeah. it's like, what the heck? Like, I, I wonder if he'll address that pregame uh, tonight. I, I'm, I'm going to be interested in listening to his pregame press conference and see if he's asked about that or, or, or volunteers, you know, just his reaction to that call or no call not being on the two-minute report. I wonder if the, if they said it was a correct non-call just because he said, I'm going to check the two-minute report. <laughs> if he hadn't said anything, <laughs> right, right. who knows? Uh, 339-1140, 1-800-920-1140. Casey joins us on Sackdown Sports. Hello, Casey. Hey, guys, how you doing? Good. Good. What's, What's up, up Casey? Uh, so I've been uh, been doing some deep dives into all the uh, box scores uh, for, the, for the entire season. And, and what I've come to find out is that, first of all, the fact that we didn't make a move at the trade deadline is, is unbelievable to me. I know it's been a while since the trade deadline, but I haven't called in since then. Uh, the fact that if you look at these numbers, the, these four players I'm going to give you numbers for right now, shows you how inconsistent and unreliable our team is, okay? So three of our starters start with Herter. 23 games he's played where he scored nine points or less and 13 games where he's had five points or less. Mm -hmm. Harrison Barnes, 22 games with nine or less, 11 games with five or less. And Murray's had 15 games of nine or less and seven with five or less. Okay, those are, our, those are three of our starters that we don't know if we're getting five points, 15, 25, 30. And then you have Lyles, who's our second guy off the bench. He's got 20 games of eight or less, and he has six games where he scored zero points. And these are not games where he's only playing two minutes or three minutes. He's playing 17, 18 minutes and has six games with zero points. We have four guys that are four of our top seven guys that on any given night, we have no idea what they're going to do for us. Thank you, and Casey. Yeah. Appreciate. To- yeah. Appreciate the research. I think of all those names, Kyle, you know, there's obviously some issues Barnes has been up and down. Uh, Herder has been up and down the, the lot. Um, excuse me. Uh, Keegan being that inconsistent is the real worry right there. That, that's the real worry. Yeah. And you know, it's, I, I'm not sure what's going on, you know, 
he he had that stretch, man, where he was just uh, phenomenal. He was just terrific. But here he is in his second season, averaging 15 points per game, uh, taking 12 shots. You know, the three-point shooting hasn't come back to what it was, only 35.5% from three. And I I think, you know, when we talk about Monty's offseason plan last year, his plan was for Keegan to take a big leap, I think. Mm-hmm. And it just hasn't happened. We've seen flashes, but you know, I I got the numbers right here, Whitey. I'm 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 crunching them right here on Basketball Reference. In Keegan's last nine games, he's averaging ten point four points per game. Mm. That's not going to get it done. No, that's 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 your six man output. That not your third option or or sometimes your second option. And so they got to do a better job of uh, getting him going. He has to do a better job. Over that nine-game span, 9.2 shot attempts uh, per game, uh, 31% from three. So he's in a slump right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to call it a slump, but they need him in a desperate way to uh, break out of it. Yeah, and again, do appreciate the research very much. Zadabo joins us on Sackdown Sports. Hello, Z, what's up? Hey, good afternoon, guys. How's it going? Can I call you Z? Is that okay? Is that allowed if I call you Z? Um, Hey, I... I wanted to mention, you guys were talking about the refs in the two-minute drill and uh, how we can help with, uh, with the... Whoop. That? Yep. Sorry. Hello? I think we need to... Yeah. Yeah, did I lose you? Yeah, no, you're back. Ahead, you're back. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. Uh, with the refs, I think we need to... I think the having a press conference with them and have them talk so the fans can see them as human... And they can kind of explain their side instead of seeing as this just part of the game, this cog in the game. They're not just part of the machine anymore. They're humans trying to do their job and will be more sympathetic toward them and understand where they're coming from. Because the league is just standing behind their calls. They're not going to change it in the two-minute thing. But if, if we can make these refs human, I think it helps a lot. Thank you, Sadab. Appreciate that. Well, uh, you know, yeah. what do you think? I, I, I think, you know, to an extent, yes, but, you know, the players got to answer questions after a game. The coaches have to answer questions about what happened, what went wrong. The only people who don't have to answer questions are the officials, and they're great officials. Mike said it yesterday. He knows them well, all mm-hmm. great guys, mm-hmm. but and they are allowed to make mistakes too. They're human, like the caller just said, but, man, it would be nice for, you know, somebody to go in afterwards Hey, what did you see on that uh, DeMontis Sabonis, uh, Devin Booker play? You know, right. And, and then let me hear it. I understand afterwards, you know, the two minute reports calls it marginal. I want to hear from the official uh, after the game. It's just it's and I don't want it to turn, though, Whitey, into an hour post game press conference where we nitpick every call or anything like that. Maybe it's, you know. Uh, like they do the pool report, but just open it up for a few more people. Mm-hmm. When there's some controversial calls or it's a clutch situation, you make a, an official available afterwards. Would it cause a problem logistically in this sense? You know, let's say last night the official says, yeah, it was, uh, well, this is a bad example because they got everything right. But if the official <laughs> after a game says, well, this is what we saw, you know, and this is what happened, then they have the two-minute report the next day where the league says, no, nah, they got it wrong. Then it's like, well, then everybody looks worse, right? Because the official told us this, and now the right. league's telling us this. Right. Would that just create more problems? Well, that's why you need to get rid of the two minutes yeah. before it. You yeah. know, it's yeah. it it's, it it doesn't help anything. You know, it, and 
like if if I'm a fan, let's say, and they came out today and said, yep, we missed that Devin Booker call. Are we feeling better about that? Not really. We feel like we got screwed even more. Like, see, I told you. Mm-hmm. And now the fact that they said they feel like they got it right, to me, that makes them look even worse because, you know, that's basketball 101, 101 what we saw last night. And I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know the answer to it. I, I do feel like the league has an officiating problem from this standpoint, Whitey. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, I and- do think the, the, the officials, you know, are at times bad. They make mistakes. But then also the perception as well, too, you know, that, oh, you know, the Lakers are going to get the calls. Yep. The Stars are going to – like, they have an issue, and they, I think they need to address that. Yes, and when we come back, Drapes will address where the Kings can go from here. Also, speaking of player moves – who leaked the Warriors wanted LeBron story and why next year with the drive guys on Sackdown Sports. By the way, if you watched the Kings last night and you thought you saw with about 24 seconds to go in the game, you th- uh, thought you saw Devin Booker jump in the air and fall on DeMontis Sabonis. Well, apparently we didn't see that. Uh, the two minute report came out and said incidental contact. I mean, he jumped. I thought he jumped in there and landed on him. So, were we all hallucinating? I don't know. Now we we've been talking about this, Kyle Draper and I, Whitey Gleason, and you know we're not we're not saying that the officiating cost the Kings a game or anything, but still at the same time it's like, well, that come on, <laughs> that was how. Right. If you're not even going to acknowledge that, what are we doing here? Uh, so that's the word on the two minute report. They also the two minute report said yes when Keegan. There was a lot of confusion over that call because on TV at first they said Malik Monk grabbed the jersey but that foul with 18 seconds to go before the ball was inbounded yeah the league said oh yeah that was a foul on Keegan so here we are onward and upward Denver tonight which is where Kyle Draper is yeah yeah I'm excited for tonight's game Uh, I do want to make one quick point about that Keegan play you can't do that like right you can't I mean right it it was the correct call I'm not saying it wasn't the correct call you anytime you grab a jersey it's going to be called but to grab it and the ball had not yet been right. bounded yet. Right. They get the free throw and the ball back. You just can't do that. Especially Devin Booker is going away from the basket, Whitey. Mm-hmm. It'd be different if he's cutting in for a layup or something and you got to commit a foul. He was going away from the basket. And so I, I thought that was a bad foul by Keegan last night. I did too. Like I said, the mistakes, some of the mistakes the Kings made that. Yeah. And Domas's inability to box out after Booker's missed free throw. Those bothered me more than the incorrect calls. But, you know, there's still something about the NBA saying, what you saw, you didn't really see. It's just, that's just, <laughs> it's kind of hard, hard to fathom. Now, you said something today on Drapes Takes um, about how you think, and I think you speak for a lot of people here, yeah. including me. You said, wow, it'd be nice if the Kings could do something with the roster. What at this point right. can be done and when? Yeah, you know, we t- had this conversation you know, about the buyout market and who's out there. You know, I think maybe a guy like – I mentioned it yesterday too. Marcus Morris, I, I think, could help this team. You know, he's not a guy that's going to play every night. He's not a guy that's going to play 20 minutes per game or anything like that. But last night they could have used another guy out there, a guy that can, you know, shoot the ball, a guy that can, you know, at least play a, a little bit of defense. And so – I just think overall you need to upgrade. And I said this last year. It, you got to upgrade the talent, right? You just got to, con- you know, that's what Denver did over over time. They just constantly upgraded, upgraded. And 
And, you know, I think that's what this Kings team needs. You know, I mentioned Marcus Morris. I don't know who else uh, they can go out there and get. Like, Cork Moss doesn't do it for me. Uh, Court Joseph, nah, you know, Fournier, set, you know, none of them. But Marcus Morris does intrigue me a little bit. And so, like, let me ask you this, too. I, I guess we already got Malik, but, like, the Lakers getting Spencer Dinwiddie. Like, Man, that's a big-time piece. I know, I like, know. That dude can score the basketball. I know he sort of plays that same position as Malik, and so we don't necessarily need it. But I'm like, how can the Lakers get people? How can the Suns get people? You know, and how come we can't get somebody? And so I'm a little frustrated. That, uh, I don't know who the answer is, but I would I would take a flyer on Marcus Morris. I, I really would. One of the things that concerns me is I've seen this happen really more in baseball than in basketball, but – you know, sometimes a team knows when they could use help. It's like, we're hanging on here, we're fighting. Hey, can you get us some help? I think Mike Brown, in some ways, with his uh, things he's been saying to the media, has been asking for some help, Mm. which, you know, you're still limited by what's out there, what it costs and all that, I agree. But sometimes it's for the team, you know, that's a tough pill to swallow. Like, who's coming? Nobody? Oh, okay, great. So, you know, (laughs) you're professional, you got to move on, I know, but there's a lot of people feeling like that. And and then it it was even harder to stomach after last night when Royce O'Neal clearly was a guy that helped the Suns and the Kings without a Trey Lyles. It was uh, it was even more dramatic that, you know, they could they could use some help. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, I I was out on Royce O'Neal because I wasn't seeing the bigger picture, Whitey. You know, I'm thinking of, all right, who's going to start? Who you know? Are they going to get a twenty-five point per game? Like Royce O'Neal could be a solid reserve, right? On this team, he doesn't have to come out. Sort of like he is with Phoenix last night. Mm-hmm. You know, right? He came out last night. He actually played a lot of minutes. He played close to thirty minutes last night. Plus thirteen, nine points, five assists as well, four steals. Like, give me that off the bench. You know, somebody like that. And I thought he played a lot. You know, because they went small, obviously. But, you know, a shot maker, like he had a big three down the stretch there, man. And uh, we could use somebody like that. I think when you look at the Kings roster, we need more depth. Like with Trey Lyles out last night, with Sasha out, Mike really didn't have a a whole lot he could turn to from an offensive standpoint. Mm -hmm. You know, the guys he turned to outside of Malik were defensive. You know, they make their bones on the defensive end. And so, no, I, I just think they need to upgrade the roster, you know, over time. Maybe it's Marcus Morris in the bio. Maybe it's this offseason. But something has to get done. And and a big part of the equation, of course, is a guy like Dinwiddie in the bio market. A guy can yeah. – he doesn't have to go anywhere. You can't trade him. So, right. you know, that is an advantage for a team like the Lakers and probably the Suns, too, over a team like the Kings, right? You know, they're just right. more – it's more of a destination. Yeah, more and more ready yeah. to win a championship – Right now, you know, that kind of thing. I I get it. And so it's just frustrating, man, you know, because this team needs some help. And, you know, I I, I didn't mention this in in a text to you earlier, but De'Aaron Fox talked about the difference between last year and this year. And I I thought it was interesting because, you know, last year it was all sunshine and rainbows. This year, it's hard, man. They're struggling right now. Same record pretty much. But now you're in eighth place. I know. Like, how worried are we, Sacramento Kings fans, that this is going to be a play-in team? I know. If only what happened. Yeah. If only uh, this year had happened last year, 
And right. you know, that would have been great, right? right? And then <laughs> last year would have happened this year. By the way, speaking of moves, how surprised were you? I was surprised to read that the Warriors, right before the deadline, they were talking to the Lakers and they were trying to find out whether they could offer a package to L.A. for LeBron James. And Jeannie Buss says, well, I think he's happy here, but you'll have to talk to his agent, <laughs> which tells you where everything is right now. And LeBron and his agent, uh, Rich Paul, they said, no, we're good here. Uh, but it's being reported today. The Warriors made a play for LeBron. Yeah. What do you make of that? That that reeks of desperation, right? That reeks of, you know what? Nothing else is happening. We can't get anybody else. Let's take this Hail Mary. Let's take this moonshot and try to get LeBron James. It would be ugly if he got there. To, like, I would just be like, no, Steph and LeBron on the same team. Oh, yeah, my gosh. But, you know, uh, you know, I, I, you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, I guess. Mm-hmm. What if LeBron said, sure, yeah, I would like that. Uh, that would have been massive. Uh, it's <laughs> just like, that's not right. Not right. You do that. Right. Exactly, exactly. But, man, I was watching uh, NBA Today, and that's all they talked about for an hour, basically. It's like LeBron's future. Imagine him and Steph together. That would have shaken up uh, the NBA. Fortunately, for Sacramento, it did not happen. But to me, like I said, that reeks of desperation. Yeah. That reeks of a team that realizes, you know what? Our window is closed, and we need to somehow prop it back open, kick it back open. I'm wondering where this came from, Where who released it, and it's got to be got to be LeBron, right? Because now it makes it look like, yeah, the teams wanted me, but I wanted to stay here. Or the Lakers, because for them it's like, yeah, uh, teams wanted LeBron, but LeBron is committed to us. So there's no way the right. Lakers would leak this. So it's got to be LeBron, maybe LeBron and the Lakers letting everyone know that this went down. Yeah, yeah. You, you think it's LeBron's side uh, or is it the Lakers' mm-hmm. side? Is it Jeannie buzzing them? Somebody within the organization putting that out there to sort of back LeBron in, in, to, into a corner to an extent and say, you know what, he wants to be here. He's not going anywhere. Like, I don't know why LeBron's camp excuse me, would would do that? Um, was it Draymond? Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know who would leak it, but it, it's fascinating to me that, you know, arguably two of the top five, top ten players ever to play could be on the same team uh, after all those years of battling each other. That, that would have been massive. Uh, coming up about ten minutes or so, Scott Hastings is going to join yeah. us, Nuggets analyst. But up next – I, this is really bothering me today. I didn't. I didn't think it would happen. I didn't know it would bother me. Steve Wilkes, go I've been on. waiting on this topic, Whitey. I'm go ready, on. baby. Yeah, let's get it on. That I'm is ready. Next with the Drive Guys on Sackdown Sports. We- 